he met someone. Someone more appropriate uh, to me, I mean. What does that mean, more appropriate? Someone more attuned to my needs. Look at me, Katie. Stop acting. Oh, oh I'm not acting. <laughs> I wonder if you even know anymore. Don't be unkind. You, you, uh, <clears throat> you wanna, you wanna go? Go on. Uh, actresses are cheap in this town, darling. I got a lot of money. Howard, please. This is beneath no, you. No, no. This, this is exactly me. You come in here out of the blue and tell me you're leaving me just like that and you have the nerve to expect graciousness? I expect a little maturity. I expect you to face the situation like an adult who Don't talk down to me. Don't you ever talk down to me. You are a movie star. Nothing more. <laughs> Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Week three, struggling through this cold. I know how you guys all have it. You gave it to me from listening on the radio. Don't worry, you can keep listening. I got my uh, my little uh, got my little uh, my my filter on the on the on the radio now, so I can't keep, uh, can't get it back from you guys, and so you guys don't get it back from me. You know, I pulled that I pulled that little clip from uh, the movie The Aviator. Was watching it the other night. And I go, you know what? That is such a perfect, perfect, perfect. You know, and I and I'm not and I'm not uh, saying, hey, look, Leonardo DiCaprio is he's he's that guy's got great lines. He's an actor too, but you know, he's acting like uh, Howard Hughes talking to uh, Catherine Hepburn. You are an actress, nothing more. You know, why do we listen to actresses? Oh, Oprah Winfrey made such a awesome speech at the at the golden globes meryl streep made an awesome speech last time and oh and time's up to stop sexual harassment hey all those all those idiot actors and actresses they knew it was going on for 30 years and they never said anything stop listening to them and they're talking down to trump who's a very smart businessman and says what's on his mind says what's on our mind and we're listening to that ridiculous stuff. Ridiculous. Anyway, hey, I'm going to talk about everything that's going on this week. And I'm going to, as I always do, and I'm going to give you my my take on it. You know, everybody has their own opinion. And uh, everyone, in my opinion, everybody's entitled to hear mine. So I got the mic and I'm going to give it to you. So uh, anyway, let me, uh, before I do, do, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your direct mortgage lender. Uh, based here in Southern California, offices all over the area. If you're interested in getting involved with any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, you need financing, call me toll free, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone, you can get me at wccloans.com. We have all kinds of mortgage information for you. Just uh, go to wccloans. Dot com, click on the loan center, click on apply now, give me as much information as you want to give me and tell me how much information you want back. 
you'll get a response back from uh, either myself or one of my uh, my teammates. And uh, as I always say, if you're talking to my teammates, you're talking to me. We're involved. I'm involved in all the all the uh, loans. We discuss them about three times a week, and uh, I'm involved in all of them. So if you don't get to talk to me direct, you are you you still will. Um, and we'll help you uh, solve the uh, find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Whether you want to uh, refinance a property you have, uh, or if you want to. Uh, uh, purchase a new house, purchase a house to live in or a rental house or a vacation home. Uh, there's opportunities out there and uh, jump on them if you can before the interest rates go up. Pretty much everybody is uh, in agreement that we're going to see interest rates go up all year. Um, interest rates have gone up about a half a percent in the last few months as the stock market continues to climb and uh, hit 26,000. Then we go from 25,000 on the Dow to 26,000 in about a week. Maybe two weeks. It's, uh, but I don't think it was two weeks. I think it was just about a week or a week and a half. Um, and there's lots of excitement for what's going on as Trump uh, and company helps make America great again. And uh, for those of you Democrats that listen, too bad, too bad. You know, wah wah wah. You know what? Go cry in your own beer and uh, uh, complain to some other Democrats who who care. Because uh, this country needs to go on. I got grandkids, so I want make sure my grandkids have uh, have a country like I did to uh, to succeed in and to uh, live free and not have to uh, not have to live in a third world country. And the way we were going with Barack and Saint Obama, we were on our way. And you know what? Here's here's another thing I'll I'll mention before I finish this is is what what really puzzles me looking at social media and hearing people on TV is why is everybody insult Trump and they continue to, to defend Obama about how great things were under Obama. What a great president he was. You know what? He took $10 trillion of our money, $10 trillion of our money and wasted it. He gave it to people for free and he, he gave it to his relatives that had a uh, uh, cylindra and he, Send it to other countries. We don't have, we don't have a updated military for it. We don't have a wall for it. We don't have our bridges and roads uh, 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 redone, redone or reinforced. We don't, we don't have anything to show for it. He didn't accomplish anything, but just he gave ten trillion dollars away. You know what? You want to be popular? Give ten trillion dollars away. Everybody in the country will love you, except those of us that pay taxes and have to pay it back. And know that our kids are going to have to pay it back after we're gone. And our grandkids are going to have to pay it back. And the, and who knows if it'll ever get paid back because it's such a huge, we went from 10 trillion to, you know, at least in the Reagan years when we, he ran up the debt, he, he outpaced the uh, Soviet Union and, and broke up the Soviet Union to win the arms race in the Cold War. And at least we had a beefed up military and all kinds of stuff to show for it because we outpaced their economy and he dro- drove the the uh, price of oil down and did all that. Obama did nothing. We have more expensive health health insurance. We have more we have uh, more screwed up health care system. And and notice that that those are two different things. Health insurance and the health care system are two different things. Nobody's getting health care. Everybody got health insurance, but the price didn't go down twenty five hundred. It went up about three times. Oh, but Obama was so much better than Trump. Trump wants to spend money on a wall. Guess what? If 
10 trillion dollars you know what obama could have had that well there too so anyway i digress so anyway uh if before i get in, into the meat of this if you uh if you uh want to hear any part of this uh uh radio show repeated you can get uh, the main event podcast on uh, edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page, or you can get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, uh, and where you can actually uh, subscribe for free, have it download to your your phone or your or your iPod, your iPad, your your um, iWatch, your computer, whatever kind of device you listen to podcasts on. Uh, apparently, that's uh, an up and coming thing and you can listen to it on demand. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. Some, some weeks more than others like the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. If you want to leave me some comments on the show and I'll give this out a couple more times. If you want to leave me some comments on the show, this is not how to get in touch with me. This is how to leave comments on the show. Listener hotline is 855-640-2092. So anyway, let's get into it. This uh, last week, uh, President held meetings with key, key Democrats to arrive at a deal on preserving DACA, which is uh, deferred action for childhood arrivals. And uh, if you remember, these are kids that came across the border before 2007 um, that are not kids anymore, and that he that basically Obama said, "Hey, if you're if you came over before 2007 and you were a minor and uh, maximum age minimum age was I think 15 at the time, so you had to." If you got in at 2007, you had to be at least 15, so you were here for a while. Um, and just said, hey, we're not going to deport you, so don't worry about it. Just sign up for uh, to be a DACA person. There's about 800,000 of them, and we're not going to deport you. And he just did that as an executive, the executive order. Um, Donald Trump canceled that executive order and said, hey, six more months. Got six more months to make it into actual an actual law or a bill. Um Otherwise, otherwise, you know, all bets are off on whether we deport you or not. So, uh, so he's trying to preserve DACA while achieving his own immigration and border enforcement agenda. But this week, Democrats gave no indication they would reach a deal with the president by Friday. And once again, we heard all week that the government might shut down. Now, as of this recording time, it had, they have not made a deal and we're on schedule to shut down. By the time you hear this tomorrow... Today being Saturday, today being Friday when I'm recording, but today being Saturday when you're listening, um, you will have known if it happened or not, Um, which quite frankly is not the end of the world. I've seen it happen twice, Um, once during, I think, the Bush era, once during uh, Clinton and uh, when Newt Gingrich was Speaker of the House and they took control of the the uh, Congress and uh, they basically said, "Hey, we're not doing this. We're going to make this contract with America. We're going to start spending, uh, spending in, uh, responsibly, and we're going to balance our budget." And uh, Clinton fell in line. And when Clinton went out of office four or six years later, there was a surplus. We had surplus. We didn't have a big. We didn't have a deficit. We were bringing in more money than we were spending, and everybody praises Clinton for that, but it really wasn't Clinton because the Congress is the one that authorizes spending money. So, but we shut down it at a certain point and, uh, basically all the, all the, all the required services kept working, police, air traffic controllers, firemen, military, and they just got vouchers in bank of America, Wells Fargo, all the big banks chase were cashing those vouchers. And then at some point, uh, when we opened back up, the government issued checks, to uh, make those good. 
and uh, but we kept everything going. It was not that big of a deal. On Monday, the pre- the president said that if DACA dies, it's the Democrats' fault. Honestly, I don't think the Democrats want to make a deal. I think they talk about DACA, but they don't want to help the DACA people. I think you have a lot of sticking points, but they're all Democrats' sticking points. We are ready, willing, and able to make a deal, but they don't want to. They don't want security at the border. We have people pouring in. They don't want security at the border. They don't want to stop drugs. And they want to take money away from our military, which we cannot do. The folks from DACA should know the Democrats are the ones that aren't going to make a deal. Yeah, that's the uh, Democrats' modus operandi. Um, you know, they they just campaign on what they want to do for everybody, so they can get everybody behind the Democrat candidate. But then they never actually do anything. There's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, um, people that voted for for Obama uh, that realized after four years, hey, this guy's not doing anything for the for the minorities. He talks a good game, but never actually doing it. And certainly, people today that that may have voted for him twice that are saying, hey. He didn't do anything for us. You know, we're worse off than before he went in, even though they, they, they spoke that. And let me remind everybody, for those of you that aren't aware, uh, freeing of the slaves, uh, the 13th Amendment, was uh, voted for all by Republicans, not Democrats. Democrats were fighting against it. They didn't want to free the slaves. The 15th Amendment, where, they, uh, where we gave the, um, the blacks the right to vote, that was the Republicans, too. And if you remember uh, that little organization called the Ku Klux, the Ku Klux Klan, uh, a racist organization of uh, white supremacists, um, yeah, that was started by a Democrat, and that was a uh, Democrat uh, supported. And then the civil rights movement in the uh, in the '60s, oh, that was Republicans too. And that's about the time when uh, when uh, President Johnson started saying, "Hey, you know what? We better change the way we campaign, or we're not going to get any votes." And if you watch uh, Hillary's America, I think he actually, uh, Dinesh D'Souza actually goes into the details of that, how they how they switched over in the 60s. They switched over how they campaign. Uh, but, you know, the Democrats, uh, the, the Democrats say the Republicans got sandbagged on DACA by someone in Trump's administration who gave President uh, bad advice. And Republican Lindsey Graham agrees. Uh, Senator Graham, Graham, Senator Lindsey Graham, you know, I met him on the, on the, uh, on the uh, on an airplane from uh, coming back from uh, where was I? Uh, Boston, I think. Um, no, Washington D.C. From the oh, I don't remember what it was. He was he was on a plane. No, it wasn't Washington D.C. Uh, anyway, we were back east somewhere, and uh, Lindsey Graham was on there, and I talked to him, and I asked him about coming on the radio show, uh, so I can ask him some tough questions. I just don't think he caught the love in there because he has never called me back. Um, cause a lot of people kind of comment, what are you talking to that turncoat for? I want to be nice to him till he comes on the radio. Then I, when he's on the radio and then I can talk to him. But Senator Graham says the change from positive tone of the on camera meeting on Tuesday to the negative tone on the private meeting Thursday is the fault of someone in Trump's circle. Sir, Senator, between Tuesday and Thursday, do you mean that the president got bad advice from someone on his staff? Yeah, I think somebody on his staff gave him really bad advice between 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock on Thursday. I think the president I saw on Tuesday is the guy I play golf with. They actually like the guy. He's actually funny. I thought he commanded the room. And uh, the d- conversation at 10 o'clock on Thursday was pretty consistent with the guy I saw Tuesday. Something happened between 10 and 12. Yeah, uh, remember Lindsey Graham was very anti-Trump all the way, all the way. You know, he kept 
changing who he was supporting once he got out. He was supporting Jeb Bush and he's supporting uh, um, uh, John Kasich. And, you know, when there was nobody left, he got behind Trump, but was reluctant supporter. Now he realizes that, hey, Trump was campaigning, doing what he had to do to take to suck all the air out of the room. And when it gets down to it, he's a smart guy. And now, uh, but Lindsey Graham thinks that, uh, that somebody else gave him bad advice. It's rumored to be senior policy advisor Stephen Miller was the one that gave uh, the, that did the terrible segment with uh, Jake Tapper last week that I played. It's also rumored that if Trump said, uh, why are we taking people from uh, s-hole countries, that Miller's the one who told him to say that. Um, and speaking of s-hole gate um, scandal, others who were uh, in that closed door meeting say they never heard President Trump say the word. Remember, it was Democrat Senator Dick Durbin who came out of the meeting claiming he heard Trump say it, and then the media piled on. The media pulled piled on. But listen to Republican Senator Tom Cotton, who was also in the meeting. I didn't hear it, and I was sitting no farther away from Donald Trump than Dick Durbin was. And I know, and I know what Dick Durbin has said about Donald about the president's repeated statements is incorrect. So Durbin, Senator, is Durbin lying. Senator Durbin has misrepresented what happened in White House meetings before. Yeah, remember, uh, people only hear sound bites. So whether he said it or not, whether it's true or not, uh, Dick Durbin made a, made a statement, and now everyone's going to going to just go crazy on it. No knowledge of of no knowledge if it's true or not. They, he just said it on camera, so now it's going crazy. And of course, now uh, Tom Cotton said he didn't. Then you have Homeland Security uh, Secretary Kirsten Nielsen, uh, who was. Uh, uh, put in as the Homeland Security Secretary after uh, John Kelly, General John Kelly, uh, was brought in to be Chief White House Chief of Staff. Um, he was asked by Pat Leahy, um, Leahy, uh, who's like 177 years old this week. Here's what uh, here's what Kirsten Nielsen said. You were in the room. You're under oath. Did President Trump use this word or a substantially similar word? To describe certain countries. I did not hear that word used, no, sir. I'm not, that's not a question. Did he use anything similar to that describing certain countries? The conversation was very impassioned. I don't uh, dispute that the president was using tough language. Others in the room were also using tough language. If I could, the concept and the context, I believe, in which uh, this came up was the concept that the president would like to move to a merit-based system. He would like to not and no longer look at quotas for countries. Did he use what would be considered vulgar language referring to certain countries? Uh, the president used tough language in general, as did other uh, congressmen in the room. Yes, sir. As did other congressmen in the room. You know, you have a closed-door meeting. Keep the cameras out of here and speak, speak, your, uh, speak your mind. But you know what? Nobody respects it. You know, uh, Hillary Clinton used to uh, make her staff. No one was allowed to have a cell phone with them when they're around her because she didn't want to be taped accidentally because she's got a vulgar uh, trash mouth. And uh, we've heard we've heard people say it. But of course, they're not talking about it on the news about how she talks, you know, and there's something sacred about closed door private meetings. You know what? Hey, you know what? What happens in private meetings stays in private meetings. And that's why they that's why they call them private. Um, but the Democrats just aren't uh, aren't cool to that, aren't uh, aren't privy to that. They're just a bunch of whiny, petty crybabies. For uh, for Democrat Cory Booker, um, who if you've never heard Cory Booker, uh, 
he's a he's a big grandstander and probably uh, someone who's uh, thinking about running for president 2020. Um, he saw Nielsen's testimony as an opportunity to grandstand and get the attention of everyone who thinks he should run for president. You're under oath. You and others in that room that suddenly cannot remember your silence and your amnesia is complicity. I hurt. When Dick Durbin called me, I had tears of rage when I heard about this experience in that meeting. And for you not to feel that hurt and that pain and to dismiss some of the questions of my colleagues saying I've already answered that line of questions when tens of millions of Americans are hurting right now because of what they're worried about what happened in the White House. That's unacceptable to me. Oh, I had tears of rage. Oh, my God. Simadonna, baby. Simadonna. Hey, Cory Booker, maybe you should go to Haiti. Maybe you might change your opinion. You know, uh, uh, Cory Booker secretly auditioning to be Barack Obama's little brother. Um, him and uh, what's the guy that was HUD secretary? Uh, Julian uh, Julian uh, something that was a HUD secretary. I heard him speak at the Mortgage Bankers Association. I thought it was Obama. Certainly the same speechwriter talks just like him. And uh, Julian, I uh, can't remember his last name. He was the head of HUD until uh, Obama left office. Um, but he is a moron. Uh, who has used similar words about countries in the past? Uh, how about Lindsey Graham? He said this in 2013. The people coming across the southern border live in hell holes. They don't like that. They want to come here. Our problem is we can't have everybody in the world who lives in a hellhole coming to America. Yeah, well, my problem is it's it's just fine and dandy to say hellhole on radio, but you're not allowed to say hellhole. <sighs> so you may have also heard that Obama referred to Libya a similar way, but there's no audio of it. It was 2011 interview with The Atlantic magazine where Obama said he wanted the UK and France to help us get rid of Muammar Gaddafi. But because, and because they didn't, the inf- intervention didn't work, and it left the country a S-show. I wonder if he could say S-show. Uh, could I say that instead of S-hole? I don't know. I don't know. Some additional thoughts, and let me give you an experience that I had uh, in Haiti. Um, Don and I went on a Caribbean cruise um, a year, two, two year, maybe a year and a half ago, and uh, Royal Caribbean has a little spot in in uh on the island of haiti that you they stop and you get to you don't get to go into the main area you only get to go into their area so some haitians come in and and try to sell you their goods in there while you're there you get to zip line and lay on the beach and you're protected from everybody else but you get to meet some real live haitians while you're shopping in their little souvenir shops and i can tell you haiti is not a nice place uh that little beach place was but uh, have you ever heard of a country called the Dominican Republic? You know, it's a Caribbean location, same Caribbean location. In fact, it's the same island because uh, there's one island. Half of it is the Dominican Republic and the other half is Haiti. Um, same natural resources, same dark skinned people as Haiti. But it's a place where Americans go on vacation because its leaders aren't corrupt. So calling uh, Haiti a S-hole uh, must not be a racist statement because for some reason, it's just not as nice as the Dominican Republic. And if you've been to any of the islands in uh, in the Caribbean, you know, uh, uh, St. Thomas, uh, St. Uh, St. Uh, what's the one I like? The St. Uh, the one with the airport on the right next to the beach. 
Saint, uh, I forget, I've been there twice, uh, and Aruba and all that. You know, they're all they all have their own little charm to them. But Haiti, nah, not so much. Obama's own State Department, but you know what? Uh, the Obama's own State Department told Americans not to visit Haiti because they might get kidnapped. Are they racist too? And are the Clintons racist because they plundered it for foundation money? Most Haitians will tell you they are because you remember we had a hurricane in uh, in Haiti about uh, two years ago. And uh, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and uh, George W. Bush were all helping to raise money. And they used the Clinton Foundation to collect it. So even if you can give $10, just text this on your cell phone. It'll add $10 to your bill. Anything helps. But none of that money, I like to think it was like $80 billion, never got to Haiti. Never got anywhere. The Clintons just kept it. <sighs> so I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that. I got a little bit more to talk about this, but I'm out of time for part one of the main event. So uh, stay tuned for five minutes of uh, weather traffic commercials, and uh, we'll continue this discussion when we get back for part two. Everybody. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your direct mortgage lender. I don't talk about uh, real estate and finance very much on the radio because I find that uh, you guys don't seem to think it's that interesting unless you're in the business or you're actually shopping right now. So, But if you are shopping, nobody does mortgages. Nobody, uh, nobody can help you better than Wholesale Capital. Um, I... I and my wife own a whole bunch of properties. We've uh, we flipped proper. We have flipped a whole bunch of properties, and we have a lot of rental properties. And we sold a bunch of rental properties, and bought a commercial property, and bought some more rental properties. And uh, we've got two vacation homes. And I have helped a whole bunch of people get really uh, successful in the real estate investing, uh, real invest, real estate investing game, accumulating a little extra um, passive income as well as uh, just generating a nest egg for retirement. Uh, Dan, the guy behind the, uh, behind the uh, engineer's panel over there, engineering my show, uh, he's been the recipient of uh, some good advice. At, uh, how many you got? Five rentals now? Yeah. Five rentals, they all cash flow and, for and you? And attribute to the, your help, all right. 100%. And you probably got an a actual large nest egg of equity for when you retire, eh? Yeah, I'm... I'm very pleased with that. All right. So, so hey, if you uh, if you need I mean, some I've been working in radio for a hundred years, so I was doomed. Yeah. So, so I helped him. Uh, I helped him do that, and I helped a whole bunch of other people. If you're interested, in, you want some straight talk on real estate, real estate, or uh, you know, reverse mortgages. If you're uh, retired, the whole bunch of us baby boomers that are getting ready for retirement and have more life left than we have money, um, and you got some equity in your house, or uh, if you want to buy some to get your millennial kids out of your house. You know, out of your garage apartment or off your living room couch or out of your basement, uh, call me toll free 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. So anyway, we've been talking about uh, everything that's going on this week and uh, we just were uh, pretty much wrapping up uh, the Haiti thing and uh, what uh, Trump said in this closed door meeting. Another thing that happened this week was uh, the emergency management department in Hawaii accidentally pushed the nuclear missile button, warning button, leaving Hawaiians to believe they were uh, going to die for about 38 minutes. Because apparently if uh, 
if uh, North Korea shoots off a nuclear weapon, it'll take 38 minutes to get to Hawaii. I thought it was going to take 38 minutes to get to the mainland. Um, maybe it's 38 to Hawaii and it's longer than that to the mainland. Um, so he hit, he hit the button and for the life of me, you can't, you can't actually delete an email without it coming back and saying, are you sure you can't delete text on your, or a voicemail off your phone without it kind of saying, are you sure you want to delete this? You can't do much of anything on your computer without a password or have, you know, so for somebody to accidentally hit the button in the emergency management department in Hawaii, um, just kind of baffles me as to how that happened. There's news footage of people crying in the street, trying to put their children in storm drains for protection. Apparently they haven't seen it because, you know, where I saw the photos of them dropping, dropping their kids into the storm drain for, for protection. I think that's where Pennywise, the clown in it lives. I think, um, I don't know. It could be wrong. Um, but, uh, they're putting them in, uh, they're calling members, the family members to say goodbye, and the media stopped reporting it only 24 hours later. But this S-hole gate about uh, Trump allegedly calling Haiti an S-hole um, for six full days, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis actually uh, tweeted on the, uh, on the Hawaii thing. She said, this Hawaii scare is on you, Mr. Trump. The real fear that mothers and fathers and children felt is on you. And when I exclaim, when I say you, that means she capitalized letters. It is on your arrogance, hubris, narcissism, rage, ego, immaturity, and your unstable idiocy. Shame on your hate-filled self. You did this. To which Trump, President Trump, heard this and he replied, Don't talk down to me. Don't you ever talk down to me. You are a movie star. Nothing more. Nothing more. Nothing more. You know, hey, movie stars. Hey, go make a movie. Go do something. You know, it's amazing to me when we we get to meet someone from Hollywood. Oh, we're in such awe to them. Oh, you are so great. I I worship you. You're awesome. Guess what? All they do is read somebody else's words. And you know, some of some movie stars I think are are really good at what they do, but you know what? They don't do anything for me but entertain me. They don't do anything for the country but entertain them and make and get paid ridiculous amounts of money for it. They don't change the world. You know what President Trump is doing is is guiding a ship of, of smart people to make the right decisions to uh, to save our country. It's amazing. It is amazing that people just get so. Oh my God! I got to meet this person. I got to meet that person. You know, I've met Rocky Balboa a couple times. Uh, actually, he was Lincoln Hawk when I met him in uh, 1986 at a movie. Well, I was making a movie called uh, Over the Top. Guess what? I said, hi, Sly. I held up my hand. I shook his hand while we're at the arm wrestling tournament where they where they uh, filmed the last scenes. Guess what? He goes, hi, how are you? And then he just walked by. Guess what? Seven Rocky movies, three Rambo movies, one Over the Top you know, a bunch of expendables. I've, you know, I've gotten my fair, my share of uh, entertainment from Sylvester Stallone, but he doesn't care about me. And none of those movie stars care about anybody but themselves anyway. So, uh, so let's continue. Last week, uh, the media was obsessed with President Trump's mental fitness. This week, they're concerned about his physical fitness, despite the White House doctor saying he's in excellent health. White House physician Dr. Ronnie Jackson, also the same one who who uh, was the f- uh, physician that gave that 
that uh, took care of uh, uh, Barack and St. Obama. Mr. In Shape, uh, Dr. Ronnie Jackson performed Trump's first presidential exam on January 12th and announced the results on Tuesday during a daily press briefing. Age 71 years and seven months at the time of the exam. Height 75 inches, weight 239 pounds. I think the president, uh, you know, he and I talked and he would, he would like to lose over the next, I think a reasonable goal over the next year or so is to lose 10 to 15 pounds. The president's overall health is excellent. All clinical data indicates that the president is currently very healthy and that he will remain so for the duration of his presidency. Well, apparently that that uh dis that uh, d- uh disputes all everybody else's uh everybody else's uh claims of what how unhealthy he is. I wonder what he would do if we uh, had an actual White House doctor that had to examine Hillary Clinton. Amazing. Cuz she's passing out in the on, on the campaign trail and, you know, coughing and stuff. So uh, when the doctor was finished, reporters in the press room inundated him with questions um, about trying to, oh, what do you mean he's in perfect health? Uh, this is over one minute long. It doesn't even cover everything they asked. Can you assess the president's mental fitness for office? On what basis would you, and this is just a philosophical question, advise the cabinet that the president is unable to discharge his duties? Sometimes it sounds like he has the sniffles when he's talking. Yeah. Like, does he have any allergies or anything like that? Does the president do anything at all right now in terms of exercise? There was an incident recently where the president appeared to slur his words while giving an address. Um, did you look into what the cause of that might have been at all? So is there anything you're keeping from us for privacy reasons? Did you do a hep C test? Are you ruling out uh, things like early onset Alzheimer's? Are you looking at dementia-like symptoms? What specifically is he eating? Is he eating lots of chicken and fishes and white meat? Did you address drug addiction? Some of the president's friends have have told reporters in the past they think he's a germaphobe. When the president has colonoscopy at the next physical, uh, will he be sedated? Does he watch too much TV? Would you recommend him to try to get more sleep? Was there anything that the president or anyone else specifically said for you not to mention today? Does the president wear dentures? how a guy who eats McDonald's and <laughs> fried chicks and all those Diet Cokes and who never exercises is in as good a shape as you say he's in. Is he limited to one scoop of ice cream now? Is he limited to one scoop of ice cream now? Give me a break. No, does he do anything in the line? Does he do anything at all in the line of exercise that would be considered exercise? Well, you guys are all talking about how often he golfs. Of course, he doesn't golf with his with his uh, with his movie star friends like Obama did. Uh, he golfs with senators and congressmen and uh, and foreign dignitaries and actually people that you can you can spend some time creating relationships with and and make uh, make governing the country country better. But you know some people, not me, but some people consider golf as exercise. I guess uh, I guess when I golf, I'm not a golfer, but I do golf occasionally. Um, I guess I'm all worn out and tired by the end of the day, and I never walk a course. I always have my cart uh, when I do it. And I'm still worn out. So I guess that is exercise. Um, you know, did did you address drug addiction? Will he be sedated for his next colonoscopy? I didn't know he had a colonoscopy at all. Uh, I would assume he. I would assume he's 71. He's probably had had several of them. I think uh, I've. I'm 56. I've had about. 200 of them. Um, the test him for hep C. Does he wear dentures? Are you concerned about his use of Twitter? Is he limited to one scoop of ice cream now? And of course, they once again asked about his mental fitness. Uh, amazing. It's just amazing. You know, little people, little brains. 
Now let's check out uh, MSNBC and CNN analysis. On Twitter, this is what they're calling Gerther movement, conspiracy theories about Trump's weight. Listen to Joe Scarborough on MSNBC, CNN's Don Lemon, and shocking diagnosis from a doctor who has never examined Trump, CNN's Sanjay Gupta. Uh, but if that's what 6'3", 239 pounds <laughs> looks like, uh, that's a shock to me. He seemed like a Trump fanboy. Yeah, when he said 239 pounds. Whatever, but I mean... I, I know I'm being a girther, we, but we, I mean... We rightly, President Trump had these tests that are actually looking for the presence of calcium in the blood vessels that lead to the heart. And steadily, uh, up until just this past week when he had it performed again, those numbers have gone up. When they get to a certain range and his numbers in the 130s, that means he has heart disease. There's no question that, you know, by, by all standards, by all metrics, any way a doctor or cardiologist will look at it, the president does have heart disease. Yeah, how do you know you never examined him? I can imagine, uh, what's that, uh, HIPAA, HIPAA law that says they can't give out details? I don't think, I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I didn't search it on the internet, I didn't actually see the actual uh, blood test results from uh, Trump's from Trump's uh, um, physical exam, maybe maybe I missed that. Maybe I wouldn't know what it means anyway. But you know what? You never examined him. You guys are a bunch of morons. And you know what? Uh, Joe Scarborough is a little skinny twerp. I'd snap him in half. Snap him in half if I had opportunity to put my hands on him, because um, he looks like a little toothpick. Apparently, he doesn't know what six three two thirty nine should look like. What should it look like? The Trump Trump looks to me like he's uh, got a little bit of a belly, but uh, he's in in general he's in pretty good shape for a guy of his age. Um, I know I'm five foot eight two seventy. Um, you would think five foot eight two seventy. And let me look at my chart on the back of the underwear con- uh, package. Oh, it says I'm obese. Okay. If you see me, eh, I could lose I could lose a few pounds, but I'm built like a like a like a fire plug. Um, used to be a professional arm wrestler and uh, lifted a lot of weights in my day. And uh, everybody sees me and they see my big uh, wholesale capital ring on my on my finger. They say, "Hey, did you play football? Is that a Super Bowl ring?" Nope, nope. I'm just a a, a large guy and I work out a lot. And uh, and I'm five eight two seventy. And I can tell you that if I was the same size, and but it was all fat instead of uh, muscle, I would be 5'8", 220, because muscle's a lot a lot heavier. So add seven inches onto me and and make it make it uh thinner around and not as muscular. Two thirty nine. That doesn't that doesn't that doesn't. I don't question that at all. So anyway, uh, just keep in mind. Just keep in mind. You know, take all this stuff with a grain of salt and. Uh, uh, learn to laugh, learn to laugh at this stuff. We make you happier, I guess. Um, but then when Democrats, when Democrats come at you, you need to just need to know how to talk to them and make sure they know that you're not a moron and they are. So anyway, uh, newly let's go on to the next, the next subject. Uh, Las Vegas, newly un, unsealed search warrants reveal how involved Stephen Paddock's girlfriend. Remember Stephen Paddock, that guy who single-handedly, uh, killed 58 people in, uh, in Las Vegas on May 1st and uh, at the uh, at the country music uh, concert uh, down from Mandalay Bay, shot out from the 32nd floor, 38th floor, something like that. Knocked out two windows, had a bunch of AR-15s with bump stocks on them or or uh, belt driven machine guns, whatever, whatever you're convinced it is. Um, I've talked about it a few times. I've said I always I, I said, hey, 
Mary Lou Danley, his girlfriend, who was in the Philippines at the time, because uh, she said that uh, Stephen Paddock sent her over there and bought her a house, and uh, she thought that was his way of of uh, breaking up with him. But apparently, she he wanted her out of the country while he did what he did. Um, the FBI talked to her for six hours, and for six hours, they came up with no idea of what his motive was. And I said, I said on the radio, put me in front of anybody for six hours that live with this guy, and I'm gonna have a pretty good idea what he was about. Cause you can't tell me a guy pre-planned this thing. He practiced it at other places. He, he stayed in that hotel room for a week and he slowly, if he was all by himself, he must've made uh, several, several trips back and forth to the parking lot and maybe back to his place where he lived in, uh, in uh, Mesquite back and forth to get all those guns and all that ammo. Well, how could you get all that stuff up into your room? Well, fill it in suitcases and just wheel it in through the underground uh, or the ground, the underground or the ground level parking lot um, at the back of Mandalay Bay and go into the, the elevators and no one will even question you. And uh, and so but a guy that went to this length, his girlfriend who lives with him and six hours of questioning, you can't tell me she doesn't know some idea about is this guy a wacko against uh, country music people, Republicans, is he anti-Trump? Is he dealing with ISIS? Is he doing, you have to know something. You'll have some kind of an idea. The, these guys are professionals, but uh, every time I talk about it, somebody calls me on my, uh, on my hotline or emails me and says, uh, hey Ed, leave the conspiracy theories to Alex Jones. It takes away the, from the credibility of what everything else you say. All right, so I don't, I'm reluctantly talking about this, but just like uh, President Trump was a, was a whack job and was mental and, and paranoid when he said that the, the Trump Tower was being bugged, uh, turned out he was right. And that's how they got uh, Michael Flynn. So according to the documents, Mary Lou Danley told investigators they would likely find her fingerprints on some, Paddock, some of Paddock's bullets because she sometimes helped him load his magazines. I say to myself, self... Would she help him load his magazines? Um, I think about when Don and I go shooting. I don't get Don to help me load the magazines on my uh, on the pistols. I guess it's not as hard when putting in uh, AR-15 AR-15 bullets. Um, but still, he had those big banana clips, and I have a few of those, and it gets kind of tight. Eh, maybe maybe she helped. Maybe not. The New York Times reported that in the days after the massacre, the FBI examined her email and social media accounts. She's not been charged with a crime and denies knowing anything about Paddock's plan. More on the Times the Times article. One search warrant application, an investigator said that accessed uh, Danley's email account could lead. Wait, on one search warrant application, an investigator that said that access to Danley's email account could lead investigators to determine the full scope of Stephen Paddock's plan and Danley's possible involvement. Oh my God! Is that news? If we look at her email plan, we might her email account. We might learn something. Wow, that's. I'm glad the Times wrote that up. Uh, in their request to Instagram, investigators say they were seeking evidence showing possession, use, purchase, or sale of firearms, ammunition, or explosives by Paddock. They also sought information about Ms. Danley's state of mind as it relates to the crime and the identities of anyone who communicated with her about it. Amazing. This is this is really good stuff. Here's the big part. Also note, and remember, uh, Danley was in the Philippines when this happened. 
Also note, investigators discovered that Danley's that Danley deleted her Facebook account hours after the attack. Just a little more than two hours after the attack, Danley made her Facebook account private. Two hours later, she permanently deleted her account. Paddock's identity as the shooter wasn't even revealed until many, many, many hours later. I don't think we knew till the next morning. So somehow, Danley knew something was going on because she deleted her Facebook account. How come we didn't figure that out earlier? I don't know. I might be a conspiracy theorist, but I say something is uh, something is wrong here. Something just doesn't add up to me. And uh, I don't know anything about... Uh, I wasn't there at the concert. And uh, and I've never I've never made an attack like that, but all the people say saying uh, mysterious stuff just doesn't add up for me. So uh, let's continue. Um, Trump uh, had his highly anticipated 2017 fake news this this uh, week, and he uh, he he gave it he gave out awards. He gave out awards. He 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 brought up the top ten um, fake news of 2017. So uh, I'll go through a few of them here. The New York Times' Paul Krugman claimed on the day of President Trump's historic landslide victory that the economy would never recover. Paul Krugman says markets will never recover from from Trump. Dow and Dow hits a record high. Let's see, uh, the Dow was at about seventeen thousand November of last year. The economy will never recover because Trump doesn't know anything about the economy and how it works. Because he's just a billionaire. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah, his dad gave him a million dollars. He turned it into he turned it into 10 billion. Um, I don't know. Maybe he knows a little something. That's like that's like your parents giving you a thousand and you turned it into 10 million. Hmm. How hard is that? Piece of cake. I gave my kids thousands and thousands of dollars. They don't have 10 million yet. But they're not done yet. So anyway, uh, ABC's uh, ABC News's Brian Ross chokes and sends the market in downward spiral with a false report about uh, saying that uh, Michael Flynn was told by Trump to uh, to make uh, contact with the Russian people, and uh, or maybe it was vice versa. But the he said, hey, it was during his candidacy, and it turned out, oh, sorry, it was uh, he went on he went on TV and reported it, but. Uh, it was actually after he was uh after it was after election day, so he was a he was in the transition. Um, CNN falsely reported that candidate Donald Trump and his son Donald J. Trump had access to hacked documents from WikiLeaks. Uh, remember this? This was uh I don't know about two months ago. Um, they said uh, they were talking about how uh, CNN went on and said, "Hey, look, we've got a we found an email that shows proof someone sent sent uh." Uh, Trump an email saying, "Hey, here's a link to the information about uh, Hillary Clinton from uh, from WikiLeaks." And uh, they said, "Hey, look, it was uh, September." I'm gonna, I'm gonna just uh, bring dates. I don't bring dates off out of the air. It was September 3rd when this happened, and the stuff didn't get revealed until September 23rd or September 13th. And uh, they went on and they everybody went crazy and was going crazy on, oh, can you believe this? Proof that he's, proof that he was colluding with the, with the Russians. Turns out it was about two hours after WikiLeaks reported it to everybody. And it was just some random guy that didn't even know that just forwarded the information to uh, Donald Trump's email or his uh, Twitter or something. 
Um, let's see, number five. Oh, uh, number four, ta- time falsely reported. President Trump removed a bust of Martin Luther King Jr. from the Oval Office. I think there was a picture of, of uh, Trump standing with a group of people in uh, the room where the bust of Martin Luther King Jr. is in the White House, and someone was standing in front of it. And they said, oh, look, Trump got rid of the Martin Luther King Jr. uh, bust. He must be racist. There's a picture I'm looking at right now of him standing there with his hand on the bust. Say, hey, dummy, there was someone standing in front of it. It's still there. But, you know, if you uh, if you know about Obama, Obama moved into the White House and there was a there was a bust of uh, Winston Churchill. That was a gift from uh, the British from. to Bush, I think, to George W. Bush, they gave it to, and uh, they gave it to him as a gift. And uh, when ba- Obama came into the White House, he sent it back to to Great Britain. I don't know who's the racist here. You don't want to you don't want to uh, display busts of of uh, famous English white guys, military guys. Washington Post falsely reported presidents. Uh, falsely sold out rally in uh, Pensacola, Florida was empty. Dishonest reporter showed picture of an empty arena hours before the crowd started pouring in. All kinds of stuff. Uh, CNN falsely edited a video. Oh, it falsely edited a video to show President Trump defiantly overfeeding the fish during his visit with uh, Japanese Prime Minister. What they didn't show is the Prime Minister uh, uh, putting the, the fish food in there and then he took his uh, his box of food and dumped it. And then Trump did it afterwards. They, they kept that other part out. Look, he's trying to dump all that food on the fish. Hey, anyway, there's a few other ones here, um, but I'm out of time. I'm out of time for this episode of the main event. Guys, uh, keep your ears open and your eyes open and uh, your thinking cap on. And uh, have a great weekend. My name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. And I'll be back again with you next week. The content of this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed.